Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Tuesday morning. We've got your NBA action covered from Monday night in the association. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Black Trey. we got Rob Lopez fixing his brackets from the weekend. Uh, just a reminder, subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash dings. That gets you about $3 per month uh, as we transition to being on The Athletic with this podcast with Basket Buds and with Nerder She Wrote on April 8th. Also, live show in Chicago, May 18th, Lincoln Hall. Get tickets today on CountTheDings.com. Coming up on today's Daily Ding, we've got five minutes with James Edwards, the third of The Athletic Talking Cookies. Devin Booker goes nuts and the Thunder are in trouble. But first, Black Trey, an awful ending to what have should what should have been a very fun game in Portland. Blazers win 148-144 in double overtime. But the big news from the game is Yusuf Nurkic suffers a horrific leg injury in double overtime. Uh, came down on it. It's a Gordon Hayward le- leg injury. It's a Paul George leg injury. Um, just the the ref, one of the refs seemed oblivious to what was going on and accidentally uh, bumped his foot into the into the foot of the broken leg of uh, of Nurkic. And obviously, they're losing a big player. He's losing, uh, I don't know, a year on his on his career, whatever that's going to be, however long it's going to take him to get back. Just a, a bad way to end this game and to end his season. Man, it was devastating loss for for the Blazers. You know what I mean, especially uh, where they are in the playoff position and 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 what Nurkic means to this roster. Tonight he had thirty two sixteen and five. Um, yeah. Was all over the place, you know, and and playing him and Dame were playing well together. So that's a big loss. Um, kind of weird environment the second overtime. You know, a lot of guys were fatigued, and it was a weird play before where Damari Carroll accidentally kicked Dame in the knee, and he yeah. was kind of grabbing his knee. So I kind of thought it was the ACL, and then for that play to happen, the next play was just like tragic. Um, it took the win out of it uh, of the the Motor Center, and um, yeah, man, it's unfortunate for for a guy like that, you know, to lose a guy like that. So um, hopefully, you know, they can rely on guys like Cantor and and. Uh, and, and other bench players um, to step up. I don't see anybody from, you know, CBA being able to be picked up or anything like that. They're just going to have to do what the best they can. Um, and I also thought Seth Curry did a great job filling in for McCullum. Yeah, absolutely. He he missed uh, one clutch free throw in in regulation, which was weird because he's a ninety percent free throw shooter. But other than that, he was fantastic in this game. Uh, the really the Blazers bench was good overall. They combined for sixty two points uh, between Zach Collins, Rodney Hood, Ennis Cantor, and Seth uh, Lillard finished with thirty one points, twelve assists, six rebounds. As you mentioned, Nurkic thirty two points, sixteen rebounds, five assists, four blocks. He was just incredible in this game. Um, beat out a, a scrappy Nets team that was fueled. D'Angelo Russell scored nine of his thirty nine points in the first over. Over time, um, he had a, a couple of really big buckets down the stretch uh, to extend that game. But the fourth quarter was weird, man. Like the the Blazers were really bad for most of the fourth quarter. Then Dame got going. Dame scored 11 points in the fourth. Uh, D'Angelo Russell had a bad turnover. Like I mentioned, Seth Curry missed a clutch free throw. But the Blazers did win. They're a half game behind the Rockets. For the Nets, 39 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists for D'Angelo Russell, but he was just 3 of 14 from deep. 53 combined points for Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and Jared Dudley. Uh, Blazers half game behind the Rockets for the 3 seed. They've got a real chance to, even even with this injury, which obviously sucks and takes Nurkic out of out of the season, they still have some depth with Myers Leonard, with Zach Collins, with, uh, with Ennis Cantor. Maybe they can cobble together one of those feel-good moments and just play really well inside as, as Dame gets CJ back hopefully pretty soon and they can just keep rolling because they've been very good as of late. I wish the Blazers would have brought Zebo back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that 
that would be uh, that would be funny, but also great. Um, but yeah, man, they they also clinched tonight, so that's that that's the positive from this situation. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as for the Nets, they are now uh, in the seventh seed. They are tied with the P- Pistons in terms of games back. Uh, they do have one game, uh, one more game in the loss column as they try to still battle out for that sixth seed. Um, try to uh, try to get the Sixers in the first round, or maybe even the Raptors would be a better matchup for them if they if they fall to the seventh seed and stay there. Uh, who do you think the Nets will want to face between the Sixers and the Raptors? Um, I would, I would say the, the Raptors, I feel like they have their better chance. Cause they, you know, you don't want to see Embiid and be Embiid's a problem in the first round for anybody. The Raptors yeah. kind of have a will, a weird situation going on where you, do, you don't know what you're going to expect. They either can be damn good or they can be damn bad. So, um, I'll take my chances with matching up with the Raptors if I'm Brooklyn. Uh, that's going to do it for the game of the night. Now we've got five minutes, which is actually more like seven minutes with James Edward, the third of the athletic. We're now doing five minutes with an expert and I can't find a better expert on the Detroit Pistons. Not even Blake Griffin, not even Andre Drummond, not even Rasheed. All right. I won't, I won't say Rasheed Wallace cause he's my favorite with everything, but James Edwards, the third from the athletic join us to talk some Detroit Pistons and not just that, talk some cookies the cookie mom this was actually a really fun story to, to read james thanks for joining i wanted to know like where did this story come from where did where did you get the inspiration to be like you know what i'm gonna write about a cookie mom yeah well i appreciate you having me on that good to talk to you um so initially I'm, I'm a little cloudy on how it came about but i saw somebody eating some cookies somebody in the pistons uh organization in the front office uh, it was during warm-ups pregame, maybe like two hours before the game. And he's like, I got him from the cookie lady. And of course, I'm like, uh, what the hell does that mean? Like, you can't just say cookie lady. Like, I don't know what that means. I've never <clears throat> I've never seen a cookie lady before at LCA. And um, he's like, well, there's this lady um, who is outside of, who is often outside of the uh, loading dock that has been giving out cookies since I've been here. Um, and he's like, I know, obviously, what you guys do at the athletic. Like, I think it'd be a great story. So then... He creates the initial thought um, and then thinking, obviously, what we do at The Athletic, that, that'd be great. I did some research. I hadn't seen anybody had written on her. Um, she's been doing this for 40 years. Nobody's written a story on her in 40 years. The only thing I saw was like a, she's from Cleveland um, and a Cleveland, the Cleveland Television News did something small. Um, and then I learned a little bit more, asked a couple other people, and then obviously for her to be able to give away cookies to NBA players. Uh, she would have to get through security. I asked the Pistons security if they knew her. He introduced me. We sat down. We talked for 30 minutes, and it was uh, it was as good as I had hoped. I was unsure on what it would be, but it turned out to be at least what I had hoped it would be um, in my mind. Yeah, her her name's uh, Diane Simon, and uh, and you, she's got pictures with everybody, like Kobe, Larry Bird, like Kevin Durant's getting yeah. cookies from her. Like it's it's really incredible. Like that's not a normal thing. Like you can't just pass thing pass food out to NBA players. <laughs> and that was like what I wanted to be the story, like the story to be about. Like initially, as somebody that's like a, a curious person, like first and foremost, how do you like how did this happen? Like how are you allowed? To, you're an average civilian. She works at an AT and T in Cleveland. How are you able to one? Why? Are, how are you driving up from Cleveland to Detroit? And two, how are you able to sit outside of these loading docks right here, giving cookies to these multi-million-dollar assets right near the team bus, right near these Mercedes Benzes and Land Rovers and Range Rovers? And I come to find out that she 
in the seventies, she used to babysit players from the Cavaliers. She used to bake on the side, would send them to work with, with cookies and brownies. Uh, those word of mouth spread from that. These guys would get traded. They'd come back to Cleveland. They'd ask her to bring her some stuff and it kind of just snowballed. And she gets, you get in, you get relationships with security. You get relationships with people around the league and they saw how much of a sweetheart she was and how she meant no harm. And she was just a, just literally a, a person that's just about building relationships and about living life. And they, and they let her in and it's a crazy story, especially because the fact that she does it on her own dime. Nobody, she doesn't, she drives up. If she's in Detroit, she drives to Detroit. She drives to Chicago. She, nobody gives her money to help make the cookies. It's, it's an interesting story and she's a sweet lady. And I, I'm honored that she allowed me to be one of the first ones. I believe the first one to write her story. All right. I'm going to try to transition here. Uh, speaking of bacon things, the, the the Pistons were trying to bake themselves into the sixth seed, and since then have uh, have crumbled. Ooh, that's a cookie pun. Uh, they have crumbled. So they were they were on a five game win streak, and then they they get blown out by Brooklyn, blown out by Miami. By Miami, uh, they're on this road trip right now, and and things are not going well. They're they're fighting with Brooklyn right now for that sixth seed. Uh, where do you think the Pistons are mentally right now, and and do you think that they're happy with the way the season's gone? It's a great question. I think mentally they're fine. Um, it's a weird team. And I wrote about it a few weeks ago over the last two or three years. And I've asked a couple of players that are veterans that have been in other teams. Like, have you ever been a part of an organization that it goes so hot and so cold? Like if you go look at some of their lengthy win streaks, they're immediately followed by lengthy cold streaks. And I don't think they're going to, they're in the midst of a cold streak right now. They're legitimately playing good teams. The Cleveland loss was bad. Blake didn't play. That's still no excuse, but I mean, Portland's a good team. Uh, and the Pistons, uh, quite frankly, let that one slip away. They're in control for most of that. Um, and then Golden State's Golden State. Whenever, when they're shooting 61% from the field and 51% from 30, nobody's beating Golden State. Um, now they have a game against Denver, who's flying back from the East Coast. And I, I remember Gary Harris said a story. He said the hardest part about the altitude is when you're away from it, you come back. So I think they have a good shot against Denver. But mentally, I think they're okay. I think they, they know they're playing some tough teams. They're still playing pretty good basketball. Even though Golden State shot the lights out, Detroit was in that game. Even though Golden State had control, Detroit was right there. The Like I said, the Portland game, they let slip away. Um, I, I think they end up with the eighth seed, though. I think Miami is just a team that's been in this position before that knows what it's like to play playoff-type basketball in the regular season. And I know everybody talks about Brooklyn's tough schedule down the stretch. I just think Brooklyn's a good team. At the end of the day, I think they're going to steal some of those games. And I think Vegas always has a weird way of working out. Vegas had the Pistons as the eighth seed going into the season. And I think they end up sliding a little bit there. Um, but I, 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 for a team that's only been to playoff once, in, in 10 years, I think they'll be pretty happy with a new coach, a full season of Blake Griffin. I think it's something for the team to build on. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas is just so tricky. I don't trust Vegas at all because they're way too good at this. Uh, my last question for you, Blake, I think I think this is the best basketball I've ever seen Blake Griffin play, and he's been healthy the entire season. He's been an incredible facilitator. The rebounds are low, but he's playing with Andre Drummond, so I don't think that really matters because Dre is just grabbing every rebound anyway. Um, in terms of Blake leading this team, what is the next step for them putting players around him? Because clearly the, the combination of, of Drummond and, and Blake is here to stay. I think they'd like to maybe upgrade that backcourt a little, but what's the next step in building around Blake? No, that's a great point. And I think most people's concern coming in is like, can Blake and Andre work? Well, Blake and DeAndre work for, well, if you want to call their playoffs, main being a playoff mainstay, it worked and you see it pay off with those two in Detroit. Um, I, I think you're right. I think they need to improve the guard play. I know uh, Reggie Jackson's had an up and down tenure with Dwayne Casey in this first year. Um, 
he's also coming off a bunch of injuries in which has been it's, it's taken away what he did best is athleticism um his ability to go downhill you know he's he's still effective because he's added the three ball to his game and he still has pick and roll he has more pick and roll options now that blake's uh has been intertwined with the team but he's not the same player he was and he has one more year after this one he's i think he makes 17 or 18 million next season uh, I think it's going to be a little bit easier to move that contract this summer if they choose to, because he is going to be expiring. And that seems to be the new, uh, one of the new top assets in the NBA. And I, I do think getting a, a lead guard that can take some of the load offensively off the lake is going to be key. But my only issue is do the Pistons have the assets to go out and do it? I don't know if a team was going to want Reggie Jackson without you throwing in a first round pick uh, or Luke Kennard. And I don't think you trade Luke Kennard, especially with what he's shown this season. Um, and the, this Pistons team can't afford to trade first-round picks because, I mean, as you guys have seen, Luke Kennard is really the only first-round pick that looks like he could be something. Stanley Johnson's gone. Henry Ellenson's gone. Um, like it's it, it's there's very this is a roster full of second second-round picks that have looked to be very good. And I credit Ed Stefanski and in the front office for grabbing some of these guys that look like they can be players. But there's no really first-round talents. Um, young guys outside of Luke Kennard. So I, it's gonna be interesting to see how they go about it. Uh, maybe Blake's been doing some. Uh, some schmoozing behind the scenes to maybe try to see if he can grab a Kemba Walker or somebody like that. I highly doubt it, but they need a guy like that. I think to, to take that next step. Cause I think they're close. I know people are that don't pay too much attention to the Pistons, but for them to have this success, even though it's not really success without having a, a, a true um, go-to guard that, 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 that's dominant on a night to night basis. I think they're a little bit closer than people think. Read them on The Athletic. Read about the Cookie Mom and all your Detroit Pistons coverage. Uh, subscribe to The Athletic. James is fine, but keep me employed. He's going to be there for a while, but I, I need to you know keep these subscriptions coming in. So keep me employed. Keep James uh, highly read and uh, and read about cookies all day long. James Edwards III, thanks for joining us. Man, Zach, I really appreciate it, and I love your work, man. Oh, thank you. I never get compliments. This is great. All right, everybody, listen up. Back-to-back Wednesday challenge on FanDuel. You play the Wednesday challenge. You win it. You get to join us on the Friday mailbag, but you got to go to FanDuel.com slash B2B, sign up for an account, put five bucks in. FanDuel's going to match that five bucks. Then you have $10 in your account. You get to play with B2B listeners every single Wednesday. And again, you win that one, you get to come on the mailbag, chop it up with us, ask questions, answer questions, hang out. It's a fun time. So FanDuel.com slash B2B for the back-to-back Wednesday challenge. All right, let's get into the other games from Monday night. A light schedule in the NBA. Magic 119, Sixers 98. That is five straight wins for the Orlando Magic. No Ben Simmons in this one. Magic dominated the second half. Only allowed 38 points to the Philadelphia 76ers. Vucevic outplayed Joel Embiid. Vuce with 28 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Embiid had 20 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists. Evan Fournier officially on a hot streak. He had his third straight good game after being really bad for most of March. He had 24 points on 11 of 17 shooting also had seven assists. Michael Carter Williams revenge game scored 15 efficient points off the bench for the Sixers. Tobias Harris had 15 JJ Reddick shot just two of 10 from the field. Sixers are two games ahead of the Pacers for the three seed magic are a half game now behind the heat for the eight seed. Uh, Trey, a little surprising not to see Orlando win because they've been good as of late and they, and they're, they're at home, but to see the Sixers get destroyed, even without Ben Simmons to get destroyed the way they did. Um, I mean, I'm not really shocked because of, I'm not surprised how Clifford got these guys playing at this point. Um, you know, by the way, never Google my last name and Vucci main. 
uh, combined for a total of 59, 52 of uh, 119 Magic points. And they were just on the ball. Like, I mean, you know, Vucevic was spreading the floor. And I don't know. I, I mean, I think he always kind of fares. They have the, him and Embiid have decent matchups together. You know, I, I know you're not a big fan of Vucevic sometimes, um, but this year, he 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 earned his all star his all star selection and he's playing like one, um, and I hope that you know as much as you know the D Wade farewell tour it's going to be a close one towards the end as far as Miami and Orlando duking out for that last spot in Memphis Grizzlies one fifteen Thunder one oh three the Thunder are bad right now they've won just six of their last eighteen games and this is even worse losing to the Grizzlies because there was no Mike Conley there was no Avery Bradley but there was a lot of Bruno Caboclo a career high twenty four points on eight of thirteen shooting to go with eleven rebounds who first of all he's de- he's described as the si- the Brazilian Kevin Durant he's six foot nine he's a terrific athlete. But he's so raw that he's about three or four years away, in my opinion, from playing in the league. And I thought Toronto might take him at 37, but they are swinging for the fences with this guy. I'm blown away. I've been doing this for 10 years. This is, he's two years away from being two years away, and then we'll see. But he's a great athlete with upside down the road, like Sao Paulo. Jonas Valanciunas continued his good play with the Grizzlies, 18 points, 14 rebounds. DeLon Wright, 18 points, 13 assists, 4 steals. Tyler Dorsey, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists for the Thunder. Westbrook was really bad in this game, shooting the ball. 16 points, 6 of 20 from the field. Did have 7 assists and 5 rebounds. Paul George had a tough shooting night. He scored 30 points, but needed 29 shots to do it, which is 5 of 15 from deep. Dennis Schroeder had 25 off the bench. The Thunder are now tied with the Spurs for record, but have fallen to the 8th seed. Uh, are you worried about the Thunder Trey? Uh, I am. I am worried. Me and Sarah DeFormis are going to need to lock arms in March Madness fashion to get these Thunder into the playoffs. Uh, at this point, it's 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 bad because they had zero sense of urgency playing against a team like this Memphis Grizzly team, especially with no Mike Conley. DW2 pretty much had a great game with 21 and 13. And then also no Conley, no problem. This is their first win without Mike Conley in uniform this season. So um, a big team win for Memphis. But the Thunder just, like you said, Paul George got it going towards the late in the fourth after the late sub in, but Russell Westbrook was not good for them. And that this team can't play down to these other teams' levels, especially if yeah. they're trying to continue to stay in the, you know, in the postseason. Um, this is real bad loss. Um, I don't know who to take the blame on this one, but they got to get it together, especially yeah, with like it- eight games left. Yes, everybody at this point, they're just all playing bad. And in the final game of the night, Jazz 125, Suns 92 in Utah. This was a weird one, man. Devin Booker and Jimmer Fredette combined to score 65 points in this game. Jimmer had six points on one of 10 shooting, did get a standing ovation from the Utah crowd. Devin Booker, 59 points on 19 of 34 from the field, 5 of 8 from deep, 16 of 17 from the free throw line. The Jazz intentionally fouled DeAnthony Melton with 19 seconds left to keep Booker from getting another crack at 60. Uh, Here's a weird stat, 64.1 percent of the Suns points came from Booker it's the second highest percentage of a team's points by one player in the last 50 years Kobe Bryant has that record with 66.4 percent of his team's points when he dropped 81 that stat is by a chase weight of stats by stats uh I thought it was weird that the that Booker went back into the game to chase 60 and then it was weird that the the Jazz you know did the intentional foul like just a, a bizarre game that was a blowout and yet highly entertaining oh man like so it was so rough to watch especially like the game 
being high was. Like, they were really bullying these guys the whole night. Like, Rudy Gobert, he's just getting, like, all kind of tip jams. Guys are making shots, you know. Like, they're doing what they want. And they're pretty much controlling the game, like, up 20. And, of course, you know, Devin Booker starts to have this type of weird night where everything's kind of falling. But, like, also, because he shot 55%. It wasn't like, oh, he's just yeah. just chucking the chuck. Um, 42 you know, amongst three quarters and then he kept going and I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, is he going to do, you know, 60 plus? And it's kind of weird because it's around the anniversary when he had 72 years ago. So maybe we have to start looking at uh, Devin Booker in late March um, from here on out and see what type of games he pulls out. Um, but, you know, even to throw Jimmer in there, I mean, he's, it's a name and it's funny because this is a roster that has Yo, Jamal Jimmer Crawford, was Jimmer. Shocking, man. Jimmer was oh, shocking. Oh, he's getting his money's worth. All the shots that he's taking in China, he's trying to get back in the NBA. So, I mean, <laughs> that's fair. I'm not mad at it. You know what I mean? Like at this team, this team is truly a troll team. Like at the end of the day, yeah. you're gonna you go, you want to own a Suns Jamal Crawford jersey. You want to own a Suns Jimmer for that jersey. Like I don't know. You know, his second year is non guaranteed. You know what I mean? He's probably gonna get to come back for camp and stuff like that. But if if I'm a Suns fan, I'm gonna go buy low, get me a ticket for ten bucks, and and catch the Jimmer show. Yeah, catch Jimmer Mania. Uh, Jazz did win this game by a lot, by the way. Jazz have won twelve of their last sixteen games. Rudy Gobert led them with twenty seven points, ten rebounds, two blocks in twenty eight minutes. Ricky Rubio finally had another good shooting game, eighteen points, six assists. Donovan Mitchell had a tough one, ten points on four of fourteen shooting, but they didn't really need him. Eighteen points, eight rebounds, five assists for Derek Favors. Jazz are tied with the Clippers, and they get the five seed right now thanks to the tiebreaker. They are two games uh, or two and a half games behind Portland. Let's get to the line of the night. Uh, five pretty solid candidates here on a light night. Devin Booker, 59 points, four rebounds, four assists in the loss to Utah. Uh, Vucci Man, your guy, 28 points, 11 rebounds, four assists in the win over Philly. Bruno Caboclo, 24 points, 11 rebounds, two assists in the win over OKC. DeLon Wright, also 18 points, 13 assists, four steals, three rebounds in that same game. And Yusuf Nurkic, 32 points, 16 rebounds, five assists, four blocks, two steals in the win over Brooklyn. Where are you going? See the shots that I took, a wet like I'm book, a. <laughs> I'm going with D book, a. He didn't lose that game. The Suns no, lost that game. No, he, was good. he was really good. So yeah, everyone else anytime you score 59 off 55 percent, you're gonna get the line tonight for me, bro. I know yeah. I always shout off the winners, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't lose. He, no, he was tonight. <laughs> he was winner tonight. The rest of the team was a bunch of losers. Uh, I'll go Nurkic, uh, not just because of the uh, the somber news, but he was legitimately great. 32 points, 16 boards, five assists, four blocks, two steals. Uh, dominated the interior before the gruesome leg injury. Uh, game to watch Tuesday night. Trey, I'm going to go with the Magic at the Heat. Normally, I would not watch that game, but it is a battle for the eight seed. I will say whoever wins that game will win the eight seed in the East. Where are you going? I'm going to go... Uh, Back east to Milwaukee, um, Milwaukee and Houston. Uh, I'm not sure if Giannis is suiting up, but hopefully we can get Giannis and James Harden show on TNT. Key battle. That would be fantastic. Make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash count the ding. Subscribe to the back to back podcast with the new basketball buds on Tuesday. Nerder, she wrote, uh, you've got a new mail mailbag coming on Friday and it's got its own feed. So, so go subscribe to that. Of course, black opinions matter. Monday has its own feed. You can do that on all podcast platforms. Subscribe, rate, review that podcast. This podcast, the daily ding, of course, the house of Strauss and pack your knives. Thanks for waking up with us uh, or whatever time it is in Australia. For me, I don't really know time zones anymore uh take your vitamins take your medicine eat your egos do all that good stuff try hit me with the sign off ding ding ding